I want a business that I love and that grows year over year and and that makes me happy because I've been in the opposite situation where I've had a business that was went from zero to 60 really quickly and I was miserable. Biz Women Rock, episode 174. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. This podcast was created so that you would have direct access to the true stories of what it's like being a businesswoman, the real true journey of very savvy, very smart businesswomen. If you love these stories, then make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com and opt in so that you can get updated on all the latest podcast interviews, as well as how you can become a more active part of the whole Biz Women Rock community, which kind of rocks. So go to bizwomenrock.com. Z Warstel is my guest today, and I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation because um, she owns a company called Accelerate Her, which helps women come up with their pricing structure that they need to create for their businesses so that they can really earn the money that they deserve to earn. And uh, she's had a long journey as to how she came into this business. And, um, and we talk about the many businesses that she's had before, the lessons she's learned there. Most importantly, the conversation at the very end really goes into how she has structured Accelerate Her to be a business that fits her lifestyle. She's a mom of two, and she and her business partner have deliberately um, structured their growth in a manner that that actually supports what they want in their personal lives, in their uh, what's important to their families. And it's a really fascinating conversation about that. So if you find yourself in that sort of entrepreneurial drive of I got to build my business fast, I got to I got to scale it out fast, I got to work all these hours in order to do, in order to do it. But that's not really feeling very good to you. And that's not really in line with who you really are. And that's not allowing you to really take care of all of the other things that you're responsible for taking care of. This will be a fascinating conversation and something I really believe that you'll learn a lot from about how to completely shift the paradigm of how you build your business. So without further ado, here is Z. Z, what's going on? Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh my gosh! So excited to be here. Well, I'm very excited that you're here. You have um, you have such a cool like entrepreneurial story to tell, and a really cool story that you've lived through that I'm really excited to bring to the attention of everyone listening today. So um, you have had a multitude of different businesses, a lot of different entrepreneurial endeavors, and I'm always curious to know where that really came from. Like, how did you really even get involved in being an entrepreneur and knowing that owning your own company was something that you wanted to do? Well, honestly, I think it started back when I was in high school because I started my first business when I was in high school. I just always knew that I wanted to own a business. I don't know how you know those things, but I think it's just, it was something that I was born with. So 15, I started a birthday party business where I dressed up as a clown and I went to people's houses and entertained their kids. Come on. <laughs> and so... Okay. I'm having a great and, visual and, right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's scarier than you could even imagine. My kids <laughs> refuse to let me show the picture. That's I have great. one picture of myself dressed as a clown and they're like, oh, you have got to stop showing people that. But <laughs> I... You know, I knew 
that from that experience, I kind of got the the bug because I was making, I got paid, and this is back, I'll date myself, this was back in the 70s. So when I was making $50 for a three-hour birthday party and minimum wage was $2.50. That's a big deal. So, right, it was a huge deal. And I was like, wow, I can, this is amazing. Like, oh, look at all this money I'm making compared to my friends who are working the same amount of time at a store and making, you know, 15 bucks and then paying taxes. So I was like, I'm in. So that just kind of started me on my journey. And the, the other reason I think I'm an entrepreneur is because I'm super creative. I have constantly have ideas for things that would solve other people's problems, which is what an entrepreneur is. Right. And I'm not very good at taking direction. <laughs> From other people. <laughs> Those are all commonalities. <laughs> all commonalities of every entrepreneur. <laughs> That's right. So, so I got to ask you this: what's one of the what's one of the most uh, off the wall ideas that you've had before? That what you know, whether you went through with it or not, or just you know gave the idea to a friend or whatever whatever it was that you felt could solve a problem. So I wanted to, and this actually became a business of someone else's, not something, I don't think I shared the idea with them, but I I traveled a lot for business and I would get to hotels and I didn't want to go out because I didn't know where I was going. So my idea was to create delivery services in each town that would pick up food from anywhere. Uh And it became takeout taxi, I think. I mean, I saw it somewhere. I don't know who started or if it's still in business, but I wanted to create a delivery service for people that were traveling that they could just call the number and they would have products, you know, food, whatever they wanted, you know, Chinese food or pizza or hamburgers just delivered to their hotel room so that they didn't have to go out someplace where they didn't know where they were going or it was late and they'd just gotten in from a long flight and they were tired. Yep. Yeah. That's so a good that was idea. My, that was a crazy idea. <laughs> and then I said to my husband one, <laughs> one time, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we could label, privately label water bottles for stadiums and colleges and, <laughs> and darn it, that didn't become a huge thing. That's great. <laughs> it's like, that's stupid. Nobody would want that. Oh, my but, gosh. I mean, every day I have an idea for a great business, and it's just something that I love to do. I got to ask you this because so. um, that – I am not one of those entrepreneurs. I am not the entrepreneur with a zillion ideas. I call I call that um, my my husband is like that. Like he's this bright shiny object guy. Like the he's got like eight thousand idea factory pumping in his brain. Maybe it's the Long Island thing. I don't know. All but all the time. And there the challenges. I'm an operator, so the challenges with us is that he's every single one of them is a great idea. Like every one of them. I'm like, oh man, that's a great idea. But operationally, like we can't like implement every single one of these all the time. So what, um, you know, like what has been your process over all these years of having these ideas, but filtering them in a way that um, allows you to be productive with them and not like spend time on the ones that you don't need to deal with right now? Mm -hmm. So I think what makes me maybe a little bit different from the shiny object folks is that I am that shiny object person to some extent, but I am also a numbers girl. So um, I take an idea, I figure out the numbers and I'm like, yeah, this one's not going to work or that doesn't make any sense. And it does take some discipline at this point because I have a business that I love and that I'm passionate about. And I have to always ask myself, does this fit with the vision that you have for where you want to be? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, I just toss it aside. Now, sometimes I'll get great ideas that do fit with what we're doing, and, and then we consider them. And then if we, you know, if we consider them and we look at the numbers and they make sense, then we go forward. But because I'm, 
I have that mix of I want the numbers to make sense and that shiny object, hey, this is mm-hmm. a great idea. Right. I, I kind of balance myself out, which I think some people, maybe like your husband, doesn't, you know, you're his balance. Yeah, so he's, he's gotten more myself. of that, I think, as he's matured as an entrepreneur, most definitely. But yeah, I mean, I love yeah. that. And I've heard a couple of different women say that, like, they kind of put it through the um, through the gauntlet, you know, like, they'll kind of put it through mm-hmm. the grinder to see if, you know, if it actually is is viable, if it's, you know, how, how close is it to their core competency of what they're doing, all that stuff. So yeah, I like right. that. I like that process. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's get back into your journey. So what, um, okay. what was one of the, uh, when was like the first, like, you know, here's this real business. Now you have this business idea, and you're building this business. The first business that I got into, I actually got into a business partner, someone who had already had an idea, and I was, I think like most women, I worked in corporate America, and I loved what I was doing, and I was good at it, but it didn't give me that freedom and the, the I guess, the, jazz, the jazziness of being your own boss and doing your own thing and making the rules. And so a friend of mine approached me because he was, in the recruiting business, and I had expressed some interest because I had always thought being hooking people up with the right opportunity was really fun and exciting. And I I asked him if he was interested in having a partner, and so he was. And that's how I got into my first. That was my first taste of a real, true, honest to goodness business. Um, and I did that with him for I don't know, like eight, eight or nine years. Right. And so that gave me that real good foundation of here's what you have to think about as a business owner. Because I don't think until then it was all kind of pie in the sky. I'm going to start a business. And I really didn't have any clue what went into starting a business. I just knew I wanted to start one. Right. What was so that your- got my feet wet without the, you know, with some kind of a security blanket because I had someone else doing it with me who had a little bit more experience. Right. What was your role in the company? I was, he was uh, the CEO and I was the COO, I guess. We, I was vice president and he was president. I was just, just kind of followed along. I did all of, he did all the client acquisition and I did all of the, um, we were recruiters. So he found the people who needed jobs filled and I found the people to fill them and we just kind of worked through it like that. What was some of the, what were maybe like one of the biggest memorable lessons that you learned while you were running that business with him? <laughs> Hopefully he's not listening, but I learned that you need to pay attention to how other people are handling the books. <laughs> that doesn't sound like that was a, it was a good lesson. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's an important one because yeah. you need to pay attention to the numbers. And I really kind of let him take care of the books. And when the things got tough after 9-11 and um, when the economy kind of shut down for a while, he, we didn't have money in the reserves. And it was the because of how he chose to handle the reserves. So it taught me a very important lesson that you really need to pay attention to what's going on in your business financially if you're in charge. Because if you don't, you run into trouble. And I, we, I now see that in what I do now continuously. We'll talk to people who have no idea what's happening with their money. And therefore, they're in financial trouble. Right. So why did you end up getting out of that business with the, with your business partner? Well, to be honest, I got out of it for a very personal reason. I had a daughter in 2002, and she was born with some serious allergy and health issues. 
and she just needed me full time. She needed me to be there for her because it was a lot of work to make sure she wasn't eating things that were going to poison her. And I, so I kind of made the choice to step away. We were already having some financial issues and I said, you know what, I've got to take care of my family first. And I think that in itself is, that's a problem that, that women run across way more frequently than male entrepreneurs because we're the ones that are given that responsibility. We have children and then we're, we have this responsibility to keep them safe and healthy. And so a lot of times our plans come to a screeching halt when something like that changes in our life, and that's really what happened to me. Did you feel that, like, so, re- did you get stressed out over that dilemma? Because I know that's it's a weird place to be where you, you know, really want that you really want your career to go on, but you know that mm-hmm. you you know that you love this this baby and that you need to do whatever you yeah. can for her. So what like what so, was your emotional status I, at that time? You know, I think when you're faced with that kind of dilemma, you, it's not really a dilemma. It's just I need to do this, or my child make you know could potentially become really sick or die, and I'm not willing to take that risk. So mm-hmm. no job is worth that. No business is worth that. The health of my child is so much more important than any of that. And so there really wasn't a dilemma. The dilemma or the, I guess, the regret came after I was home for a couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is it? This is what I'm hauling? <laughs> like, I know she's important, and I want to take care of her and, and be here for her, but... The rest of it was not for me. So that's where the dilemma, well, for me, the regret came was that I, staying home and being a stay-at-home mom was not my personality type. Right. It didn't fit my personality type very well because I wanted something to do that kept my brain engaged in, in business. And so so that's really the dilemma for me. But stepping away from the business to make sure that she was safe was not, didn't even, there was no second thought there. It, was, it had to be done. So what did you end up doing to keep your brain engaged? And like what I can't imagine like a woman with you with all these different business ideas going all the time would have would have sat idle for long. So what kind of stuff did you do? Right. Well, so I left my recruiting job and I was making multiple, multiple six figures as a recruiter. So, you know, it it varied from year to year, but it was anywhere from 150,000 to 400,000. I mean, just I was bringing a lot of money. And so that created a little bit of stress on, on our finances because yeah. here we had been using that money. So initially I started a recruiting business, or not a recruiting business, I'm sorry, a vending business. So I bought vending machines and I placed them and I serviced them and I worked one day a week servicing my vending machines and collecting my money and I signed, I recruited my mom who came and watched my kids. At that point I had two under three and she came and watched the kids one day a week, and I went out and I serviced my vending route. And I know that people think vending routes can't make much money, but I worked 49 days a year, and I was making $30,000 a year doing it. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew, right? It is the absolute best thing if you want to make a little bit of money, but you don't have a ton of time. Vending routes, they're the, they are where it's at. And then... What happened, I was working my vending route, and my daughter was getting ready to go to kindergarten, so I owned that for about, so she was born, so about five years I had my vending route. And it was doing great, it was, you know, just humming along, I had it set up so it didn't really take much effort on my part, like Mm -hmm. I said, 49 days a year, 
And some guy walked up to me as I was servicing my machines, and he's like, do you make any money doing this? I was like, oh, yeah, I make tons of money. And he offered to buy it. Oh, wow. And I was like, hmm, well, my daughter's going to school. Next year, maybe I'll get a full-time job or start another company. And so I sold it to him. Nice. Did so, you? Yeah, so I made a profit, and I sold him my business, and I walked away. Very it was nice. awesome. How much did you end up selling him the business for? And was it like just a, like an immediate, was it like a payout or did he? Um, or no, it- he paid me a check. <laughs> he gave me a lump sum. I sold it for, uh, I think he wound up buying it for $32,000 he paid me. That's great. Yeah. So, Very I mean, great. I got my money out of it and I looked at it like, you know, I had set up, the, he gave me a little bit extra compared to what I paid for the machines. Right. So I didn't make a huge amount of money. But I got out of it. I didn't lose money, and I didn't just cease to exist, which I think happens a lot for yeah. women, is that we just cease to exist. Um, so I, I had a good exit strategy, and it worked, and I, I made money while I was doing it. I got out of it not losing money, and so I was happy with that. Uh, and then I started, I'm a, I love to sew and create and make things, and I love bags. I'm a bag junkie. Okay. And so I started a company called Funzy Bags where I made and created accessories and uh, bags, designer accessories and bags, and sold them at craft shows, at home shows. And I was trying to build, but I did not pay attention to that important lesson that I had learned earlier, and I was not paying attention to my bottom line, and so I wasn't really selling. I was not making a profit. Hmm. So it was, a, for me, a, probably the biggest failure that I've had. And one of the things that I constantly go back to when I talk to women now about setting their prices and make sure they're set correctly because I, I, I understand what happens if they're not. Right. So at some I point... I did that for two years and went out of business. At some point, you went back into the recruiting business back in um, 2009. So Pretty why did you decide to go back in and how did you structure it this time? Well, I decided to go back in because I really wanted to do something full-time. I needed to go back to making income again and, and to generating income for a family. And I knew how to be a recruiter. So I'd done it for so long. I was very successful at it. And I, I said, well, I'll do that because I know how to do that. And I think that, for me, was a huge mistake. Um, this time I went in as my by myself. I didn't have a business partner. He had moved on at that point. And I chose an industry because 2009, if you remember, was the middle of the recession. Mm -hmm. So things were, people were going out of business all over the place. And I was like, well, I'm going to try it because I know I can do this. And I picked an industry. I picked medical records and electronic medical records and, and insurance, Medicare and Medicaid. And those areas were not being hit by the recession because healthcare just really wasn't affected. Mm-hmm. So I started my business because I, I was like, I know I can be successful doing this, and I know I can start bringing in a, you know, quite a bit of money pretty quickly. But I forgot because I think we sometimes our memories get clouded by money, maybe or by what we think we can do and the success that we think we can have. I forgot that when I get out when I got out of recruiting before, I had already started to really not love what I was doing. And so I went back into recruiting thinking, this is gonna be great, I'm gonna make a ton of money, you know, problem solved. However, I forgot that I didn't really love recruiting when I got out of it. 
Wow. So I was doing it, and I was making a lot of money, but I wasn't super happy because it was recruiting to deal with people when they're making this major life transition. And so they're stressed out. They bring a lot of their own baggage to the table, and you're dealing with all that, and it's just very draining as an occupation. Yeah. So you're, you're seeing people are kind of at their worst because they're making this huge transition, and they're confused, and they're anxious. And so all of that gets put onto you as the recruiter, and I, I got to this point where, although I built my recruiting business back up pretty quickly, um, I was miserable. So I really wasn't happy with what I was doing. And, and so, I mean, I had this epiphany, like, oh, my gosh. I put myself right back into the same position I was in when I left before, where I'm making a lot of money, but I'm selling my soul to do it, and I, was, I wasn't happy. Right. So once you kind of hit that point, how, because your business went through a major transition. So what, what came out of that? What came out of that moment of, okay, I'm not happy. I've built this up and it is successful, but it's not really what I want to do. Right. Well, three, two things I think kind of made me go in a different direction. So I was talking to my mom. She lives, she's, she's 83. She lives with us, um, so we have like a multi-generational family going on. And I was talking to her and I'm like, yeah, I just really don't want to go to work today. And, and she was sad because she was turning 80 and she was looking back on what she'd accomplished in her life. And she basically said to me, I don't think I accomplished anything. And I'm 80 and I don't have much time left to accomplish much more, which in itself is depressing. But I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to look back on my life when I'm 80 and go... I spent all this time doing a job or building a business that I hated. Right. I need to do something where I am making an impact in the world and making it a better place. And I wasn't doing that. So that kind of got me started. And then I was sitting out on my back porch, drinking a glass of wine, just really kind of, um, what am I going to do? And, my husband is like, well, why don't you just work with women? He's like, you like working with women? Why don't you just work with women instead of recruiting everybody? He's like, well, you can't do that because it's illegal, but I like the idea of just working with women. <laughs> and, and I took that and I stayed up. I was basically up all night. I was like, oh my gosh, I could just work with women. And I was so excited about that. I was like, well, what, what do I bring to the table for other women? And it hit me that I could share with them what I know about starting businesses. And at that point, other women recruiters were coming to me because I had built my business up from basically nothing to a successful business in a matter of a year. And women were saying, well, how did you do that? And can you help me do that to my business? So I was already coaching women at that point on how to change what they were doing in their business to be more successful. And... So I was like, well, what if I just, I switched up what I was doing and I helped women on, you know, developing their businesses and that way I get to feed my need to start businesses and my entrepreneurial spirit, but I also get to help women. And then to put the icing on the cake for that, my daughter, who at that point was 12, said to me, she saw some news report that said women make less money, money than men in 98% of the professions out there. And she's like, so you mean to tell me that because I was born a girl, I'm now going to make less money. <laughs> and I was like, um, well, unfortunately, yes, 
that's the reality, and we're you know we're trying to change that, but I don't know if it's changing anytime soon. But I said, but it doesn't matter because mom owns her own business, so I'm not. I don't fall in that category. That doesn't apply to me. Right, that doesn't apply yep. to me. And then I started doing the research, and I realized, oh my gosh, it applies to me even more because I don't know if you know the statistics, but women business owners earn fifty five percent of what men business owners in the same industry earn. Jeez. And so then I was like, oh my God, now, now I have my focus. Now I'm going to help women earn more money. So this is the perfect opportunity. This is the perfect space for, for you to explain exactly what Accelerate Her is. What do you provide? What do you do? I think, you know, we've got a little bit of an idea so far, but give us a full explanation. So we are a women's business development organization, and we work with women business owners who either feel like they're not priced correctly, or they just don't even know where to begin setting prices. And we help them either figure out how to get to the point where they know what they need to do to set prices and they know what they're selling so that they know how to price it correctly, or we just we get to them after they've already been in business for a while and they've set their prices incorrectly and now we need to help them adjust things. So everything we do is based on supporting women as far as how they go to market with their prices, giving them that confidence to price it correctly. We work a lot on women's empowerment and we also have a system that we take people through with their businesses to make sure that they not only understand what they do and what problem that solves for their clients, but they understand what that's worth so that they can set accurate pricing. So the big question that comes to my mind is, I mean, all of us, you were this recruiting company in the medical and health insurance space, and then all of a sudden you're something completely different. How right. how did you handle that rebrand? How did you go acquire clients now? Like what were some of those major things that you needed to do in the very beginning in order to make sure you still, I mean, you had a business model running? Right. Well, to be honest with you, that was that was not the easiest process because one, I was getting a lot of pushback from my husband because I was making a lot of money. He's like, I said, I think I'm going to change up what I'm doing. He's like, you're going to do what? Like, I don't guess that is not going to happen um, because you're making all this money. Why would you do that? Right. So getting to where I am today was not an easy process. I first had to figure out, you know, I had this idea, I'm going to work with women, I'm going to support women, but how am I going to do that? And so getting to that idea and really figuring out what my brand was, was the first hurdle that I came across. And so to do that, I kind of ramped down and up slowly. I didn't get out of my recruiting business. I kept recruiting as I was trying to figure out this new brand and this new mission and this new model for my business. And I mean, it's, it's really hard. And someone said to me once, and I think that I'm guessing that lots of other people go through this where they're trying to change up what they're doing, but they don't know how to do that without either just going cold Turkey and starting from scratch all over again. But someone, that's what I was trying to do was kind of keep my income from recruiting while I develop this other business and then start this other business and ramp down on the recruiting. And then a friend of mine said, you know, you, it's really hard to have a foot in both canoes. You can't have a foot in both canoes. You have to have both feet in the same canoe or you're not going to make any forward progress. And I was like, oh, that's so scary. Yeah. You know, to, to get rid of one that's 
actually making money to go to something that was making no money at that time. But I, you know, I was like, I'm committed. So I, I had a really long talk with my husband and I think for the women listening that getting that support of your significant other or the person that you're sharing your life with is so crucial to making this happen because I said to him, look, for my personal sanity and for what I need to do and for me to be successful, I need you to trust that this is going to be successful, but I, it's going to take some time. Wow. And he, and he said, okay, so like, do it. I'm, I'll support you. I hope that at the end it will be as successful as you think it's going to be, but give it, give it a shot. And so he gave me the freedom to go do it. And I'm lucky and blessed in that regard because I have a spouse that's willing to support me and we can suck it up a little bit and, and make do with what he makes so that I can have the access to doing my time and doing what I need to do. But it, it wasn't easy. It was really scary. And it, you know, even today it's still scary because we're still, we're still in growth mode and I brought on a business partner, but we are growing in, in a different way than most people grow very, we're doing it for specific reasons, but it, it is, creating some, not, not challenges, but it's creating, it, it's making it go a lot slower than it would if we just took the, the normal route. Well, talk about that. that a little bit. So yeah. to, what does that mean that you're growing slowly? Like, what well, does it mean that you're not accelerating at the fast pace that, you know, that, you know, you feel like you should be accelerating at? Well, I, I, I think we're growing at the right pace, but we're grow- We're trying to grow smart as opposed to growing quickly and getting to the point where we're so big that we can't do what we want to do and that we don't have the lifestyle that we want. We both have two children. Both of our, ki- our, our children are getting close to leaving to go to college, and we want to have this time to spend with them. We don't want to be gener- or starting a business and planning a business and developing it to the point where we have no time for ourselves. So we're trying to build a lifestyle brand, which I know people talk about all the time and it seems like oh that's you know I want to grow this lifestyle brand so I don't have to work and I can make tons of money but what it means for us is we want to build a business that's sustainable but that we don't max out our own time to keep it running so we're trying to build in a way that that is smart and that pays attention to the fact that this is how much time we want to spend with our family so this is how much time we have to spend on our business and we don't want to put things in place that require us to have this very full schedule all the time. Right. So we take on limits. You know, we limit how many clients we take on in a month so that we don't, we're not working ourselves to the bone. And we limit how many, speaking, like I do a lot of workshops, we limit how many workshops we do per month so that, because it takes a lot of time to prepare those things. So we consciously say, can we fit this into our, our month or our week? And I think a lot of times I see that not happening for people because they're not taking an active role and saying, this is what I want my business to look like when it's done being built. Right. We just say, I just want to make money. And no matter what that means, I'm going to take on as many clients as I can, you know, now because I want all this money to come in and we get to the point where we're so maxed out, we can't grow because we have no more time because it's all us or we, you know, we have no free time and so we're totally burned out and that's what we want to prevent. So we really do 
we have this conversation every time we go to make a move that's going to grow our business. We say, does this fit with what we want? That and takes a lot of discipline. It does because it's hard because you know I'm, I have all these ideas. I want to start all these different things, but we know and we're being honest with ourselves that we want to create a business that works for us. It, it may not be what other people want, and we may not be, you know, the next Tony Robbins or Brenda Bouchard or whoever anybody, you know, whoever's out there that is making millions and millions and millions of dollars. But to me, that's not why I do this. I do this because I love what I do. I want to make money, and we do charge a fair price for what we do. But I also want to build it in a way that makes sense for me. I love that. I think, I mean, I just, I, the reason I love that is because it totally, it, it helps you, has you see business totally outside of the box. I mean, I think the normal, you know, operating drive for any entrepreneur is grow big, grow fast, scale as much as you can. Let's blow this out of the water and work yourself to the bone in those first couple of years, of years, if not sometimes decades. And, you know, right. let, let's just do it. And, um, and we tell ourselves like it's okay because this is what I'm passionate about, and so it's okay for me to eat, live, live, and breathe this all the time. Um, but you know what you're doing is a completely different approach, which really just reprioritizes everything and allows allows things to fit into how you want your lifestyle to look like, which I think is really smart. It's it's definitely outside of the box, and I think it's really smart. Right. Well, think about all the women that you talk to who. They start a business, they're running a business, they have kids, and something is getting taken the back seat. Right. So what does take the back seat? So we always ask the women that we work with, like, how much time do you have to devote to this business? Because there's no rule out there that says you have to spend 18 hours a day running your business. Right. You need to figure out how much you need to get out of your business financially so that it provides for you. And, like, I can make a list of things I want, and it's not very long because I don't want for much. I mean, I have, I'm blessed. I have what, what I need and I'm happy. And so for me, it's not about acquiring things. It's about being fulfilled and making money so that I can be secure in my retirement. But it is not, it's just, you know, I think I have a different priority, but I think there's so much pressure on entrepreneurs out there to be multimillionaires and everybody's trying to sell. Here's how you make a million dollars and here's how you too can make, you know, $300,000 in a month or this or that. And I don't think that's realistic for everybody because I don't think everybody wants to devote 20 hours a day to their business. Right. Especially women. I mean, and I know that sounds kind of sexist, but we have so many other things that we are told to do which I think are equally as important as building a business. So you have to decide what, you know, we're ta- we always talk about how do, you have, how do you have it all. Well, you, you know, you have to decide what your all is. So what's important to you? And that's kind of what we did. We kind of said, you know what, this may mean that we grow slower and we're okay with that. So what would you say, to conclude, what would you say is uh, one of the major ways that you've really evolved as a businesswoman throughout all of these experiences? I think that I have a true understanding of what of of what a successful business looks like and how it doesn't always have to look 
the same for everybody. And so I give people that opportunity to say, this is what I want it to look like for me and figure out how to build it that way. And then when we work with companies, I, I think I've learned that, and that's just such a hard question to answer because I think I've learned a lot of things and I think I know a lot about business that is, that kind of goes against what you're, everybody's putting out there on the internet. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's working for us. So, you know, we have a successful business and it's growing year over year and that's all we can hope, you know, not hopeful, but that's what we wish for. That's what any business owner wishes for is I want a business that I love and that grows year over year and, and that makes me happy because I've been in the opposite situation where I've had a business that was, went from zero to 60 really quickly and I was miserable. And for me, life is too short for that to be, to define me. I don't want to be miserable because of what I do. I want to love what I do and I want people to feel my passion and, and see how happy I am doing what I do. Like I never go home from a day of work and go, oh my gosh, I had such a horrible day today. Because mm-hmm. I love what I do. And I set it up that way so that I can go, you know what, yesterday my business partner said, I'm going out to play in the snow with my kids. <laughs> and we're going to go, they built some, because we had eight out, eight inches of snow yesterday. I know we're, this is not going to air for a while until the spring. But so she, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm going to go out and play with the kids in the snow because they may not be here. You know, they're not going to be around for very much longer wanting to play in the snow with me. Mm-hmm. And, and so she did, you know, because that's what we, how we set it up. We set it up so that we can say, okay, we're going to go play in the snow or we're going to go take our kids to the beach or we're going to do whatever because that's more important to us at this point in our life. Now, when our kids all go to college, will that change? Possibly, because our lifestyle has changed and what, what needs to happen for us to be happy will have changed. Right. But we're planning ahead, you know. Well, I just love that you really bring light to all of that. And Z, I just, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing about your journey and, and really giving awesome insight for really engineering your business experience from the inside out. And I just think that that's, you're such a great example of that. So thank you so much for being here and thank you for sharing. Oh, that. you're so welcome. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to be able to talk and share what we've done. And I, I love supporting women and I hope this helps somebody. So. There you go. Show notes are available just for you at bizwomenrock.com forward slash 174. And you'll have access there to uh, Z's book, which we really didn't talk about, but you'll have, um, you know, you'll be able to get access to it if you want to learn more information about how you can better structure your pricing for your company so you're driving in the revenues that you really deserve to drive in. And, um, you know, my number one takeaway from that entire conversation is really to start first with what you want your life to look like, what you want your um, lifestyle to be like, and then build the business around that and build the business growth around that. I thought that was a brilliant discussion of how she's done that. So kudos to you, Z. Uh, I really, really hope that you enjoyed this conversation. I love bringing you these stories that show the not so pretty parts about business and this tough struggles and how things you know, aren't always just perfect because honestly, it never is. It never, ever is. And that's why I so appreciate all of the guests who come on the show and share with us not only all the great stuff, but all the times that have been really big struggles and things that they've done that, you know, didn't feel right and all that good stuff. So um, I hope you really felt connected to that as well. Thanks so much for being here. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. (laughs) 